Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. It's all about the running back position. In the red corner, Chase Edmonds and James Conner. And in the blue corner, Jonathan Taylor. Saturday should come down to which team handles the run game better, both offensively and defensively. First, though, J.J. Watt speaks, and we listen. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 514, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So it never hurts to ask. What's the worst that can happen, MJ? You get told no, right? Correct. So you always ask. Props to a Houston teenager for getting the exclusive of all exclusives this 2021 NFL season. J.J. Watt has broken his silence. And I'm sure people have wondered. I'm sure people have asked. But J.J. Watt, earlier this week, maybe it was even earlier on Wednesday, appeared on the YouTube sports show called Manav's Sports Talk. Hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly. But a Houston teenager, Manav Gupta, who reached out to Watt via Twitter. And lo and behold, Watt said yes. <laughs> quote, you're my first interview since I got injured. End quote. I watched it earlier. 16 minutes, a lot about Houston. And look, this kid, really not a kid, but a big Houston sports 18 fan. years old. Yeah, and he has interviewed players, Major League Baseball, National Basketball Association, Astros and Rockets respectively, but he got the exclusive. And we are hearing from J.J. Watt for the first time since that game against the Texans when, in his words, quote, I tear everything in my shoulder, end quote. So, yes, it was a serious injury. He admitted that he was told initially four to six months, my season's done. But then he added, nah, I'm not going to accept that. So this interview, MJ, no definitive timetable, but you could tell that he wants to come back and he's doing everything in his power, in his words, quote, I can do smartly and safely get back as fast as I can. Well, I think it's a strong possibility just based on his comments. So that would give this team a huge lift. Now, clearly they got three more games. Uh, I'm not bringing them back prior to that. I know that this team needs to win, and just having his presence on the field will go a long way. Um, but just having him in that first playoff game, whether it's the opening weekend or the second weekend, um, well, you're probably going to be playing in the, in the first weekend just because they're not a number one seed. But just having them on the field, and, and whether it's 35 or 40 snaps, it can go a long way. The downward trickle effect, the rotation becomes a lot better and deeper. So uh, based on his comments to this young man, it's a strong possibility where we didn't know the severity of the injury, and he said the injury would have basically keep him out four to six months. He was told – I have to get surgery, and it's going to take four to six months. And he mentioned that, hey, let's – is there a way to lower that timetable, reduce that timetable? And he's working towards that. And we've seen him out on the practice field a couple of times, but nothing football-related with pads or anything pushing against another teammate, no obstacles in his way. But it is, one, good to hear, good to see him. And we've seen him on the sideline, and he's in – 
the locker room. He's in those meetings, but it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to actually go out and do it, line up next to your teammate. Craig, uh, you know, normally you get there a little bit earlier because you're involved in the, in the pregame show. Um, I get there just because I don't want to avoid traffic, and I feel like, you know, it's game day, so I get excited about it. But he lathered up last week for about 45 minutes on the field. And you and I have noticed in, in the open portion of practice, he'll go over to the goal post and he'll start hitting, the, you know, moving his arm to where – and it's different when you're going against a 300-pound guy. But the, the fact that he was out there doing gassers, because it's one thing to rehab, and, you know, I don't know how much weight he's lifting. I'm sure lower torso is fine. But there's, you know, getting into football shape. It, but to me, the way he's conditioning, because when you play defensive line, it's – run, stop, run, stop. So it's not like you're playing 65 snaps. So he's definitely putting the work in, and it's not a surprise. No, and he's done this before, and he felt, and again, you can go to YouTube and search Manav's Sports Talk or just search J.J. Watt and we'll show up, and you could tell just how disappointed he was. One, the fact that he got hurt, and two, the team was undefeated at that point and rolling and he was expecting to get back into the postseason with him on the football field. Now, if this team does make the playoffs, which we all anticipate, still haven't punched the ticket, but one more win, there's some other things that could happen. But, hey, control your own destiny, knock down that door yourself, and Watt will be a part of it, but he wants to play. So if and when we see J.J. Watt, and you can throw DeAndre Hopkins in the mix as well, although I think many people believe that of the two, you're likely to see 99 rather than number 10 in the postseason. I agree with that, just what we know now. But if this team can make a run and get to that conference championship game, maybe Hopkins is available. Again, how can he move? And, you know, he's got to look at his future. Even He's under contract. He's probably going to play seven, eight more years, likely a Hall of Famer. So you got to balance that. But if they can get in the uh, you know, playoffs and make a run, maybe we can see them maybe in that conference championship game. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Let's get into it. The Cardinals practicing on Wednesday during the open portion of practice. Who was not there? James Conner, not there. Not because of an ankle injury that he dealt with last week. Not practicing because of a heel injury. Now, look, it's Wednesday, shorter week, but I do expect – James Conner to be on the football field. Of more concern, however, is the offensive line, and in particular the center position. Rodney Hudson remains on the reserve COVID-19 list. Max Garcia dealing with a knee injury. He was not spotted on Wednesday during the open portion, so you're now down to Sean Harlow perhaps, who did start against the Packers earlier in the season. Depth chart-wise, Marcus Henry is listed as the backup. You certainly don't want to go into a game with your third string center or the third best center you have on the roster, but that might be a possibility here as we speak three days out from game day. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you got to figure if he, if Hudson's not cleared and Garcia is not able to play, it's going to be Harlow. And then what happens at right guard? I got to think it's going to be Josh Jones. And we know he struggled. And again, this is what it is. So you, you got to get by and. You know, it's important for these guys to get the running game going. But I guess, what you know, this is kind of the first day, even though they're playing on a Saturday. Uh, we'll see how the injury report. Because sometimes you just give veteran guys off. Now, I, I agree with you about Connor. 
we'll know about Rondell Moore and Jordan Phillips and obviously Max Garcia. Yeah, those are the other players that were not participating during the open portion of practice. But at this point in the season, mid-December, late December, you're not going full speed and you're trying to ease off a little bit with also the sense of urgency like, look, you practice or you play how you practice, so you better put forth the effort during the week so everything goes well on the weekend. Yeah, I mean, you know, last week the Cardinals had a short week. They played on Monday, had a travel to Detroit um, here. Um, really a more of a walkthrough yesterday, um, and I'm sure you're not able to go full strength. And, you know, when you get to this point in the year, you got to make sure you take care of your, 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 your players, and I think Cliff does a great job with that. A couple of other items before we get into our main discussion here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Props to Joe Walker. He has finally landed on the active roster. Nine straight games he has played. Let me say that again. Nine straight games he has played as a practice squad call-up. Now, either a standard elevation or a COVID replacement. But finally, Joe Walker adding some depth at inside linebacker. Speaking of that position, congratulations to Jordan Hicks and his wife, Ivana, welcoming a brand-new baby girl to the world earlier on Tuesday. So that makes three new additions by my count that we know of. Matt Prater, Buda Baker, and Jordan Hicks, and all he, new fathers. Excuse me, you knew he was on the practice field today? Jordan Hicks. Yes. And he had energy out there. You could see he was <laughs> fired up. I'm like, how much sleep did this guy get? And, again, the Cardinals would have allowed him a day off, but I think he knows the importance of this week and what's at stake, and he is the captain of the defense, and this is really the big days when it comes to install. So it was nice to see him out. Congratulations to the Hicks family. His presence, his physical presence on the football field, let alone the mental presence, is going to be big this week. Week 16, Cardinals host the Colts on Christmas night. 6.15 is the pregame, or I should say is kickoff. 2.30 is the pregame coverage on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And in the words of Vance Joseph, MJ, it's run first, second, and third. And we are talking about Jonathan Taylor. Everyone who has been asked about Jonathan Taylor this week speaks in high regards, glowing terms, and then mentions the word challenge. And they are up for the challenge. Now we'll see how they do with that challenge. But the number one running back in the National Football League, and you can say that without any hesitation, even with Derrick Henry on the sidelines, but what he has done, and there is a great article up on Colts.com about what Jonathan Taylor has accomplished this season, the number of records that he has or in sight. But all you have to know, Bird Gang, is that he can run the ball very well. He is very strong, he is very elusive, and he is very fast. If he breaks a tackle or two gets into the open field, he's gone, as evidenced by that 67-yard touchdown against the Patriots that sealed the win for Indianapolis. And also great vision. You could see he, he lets – and they got a really good offensive line. They've invested in the offensive line. They went out and got Eric Fisher. Um, they drafted uh, Quentin Nelson with a really high pick, and he's been a Pro Bowl player. So that's where it all starts. But, you, you know, he's, he's – he, uh, with 31 yards, he'll pass Edger and James, 1,548 yards in 2004 for the fourth most yards in single-team history. Of course, they also had Marshall Falk there, Eric Dickerson. So they've had some good running backs over the year. But to me, um, 
you know, when it comes to the MVP, I think it's Rodgers is going to win it. But when it comes to the Offensive Player of the Year, it's going to come down to Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, in my opinion. I think Taylor has done more rushing. And don't forget, he's very capable out of the backfield as well. So don't lose sight of him on the football field. If you don't see him in the backfield, maybe he's lined up in the slot or maybe he is in the backfield and it is a late release. And that's something that this defense is going to have to pay attention to. Yeah, and you know, I'm curious because, you know, the last couple of weeks the Cardinals defense, um, they have not played well. Um, they're aware of that. Uh, the secondary was their strength, and, and you know, they've given up six touchdown passes to both Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. They haven't been able to get to the quarterback. They're getting gashed in the run game. But I'm really curious to see what Vance is going to come up with. And, you know, I was being a little facetious when he had Drew Stanton on the Red Sea Report. Do you put eight in a box? And, and Drew brought up a good point from a, from a quarterback standpoint. You could have that run blitz where sometimes – you'll see that NASCAR package and one or two guys are coming off the edge here. You just bring in the entire front seven. In other words, we're going to, we're going to bring more than you can block. Now, if he gets to that second layer, you talk about that, that huge run. And then, you know, I mean, when you listen to the people in, in, in Indianapolis, you know, T Y Hilton, he's got there in age. He's wondering if he's going to play again next year. Michael Pittman's had a good year, but they are looking for more from their wide receivers, but because they rely on the running game, it hasn't stuck out. And you go back and watch some of those throws for Carson Wentz against the Patriots, he wasn't very accurate. Uh, you know, they ran the ball for over 200 yards. So the key here is, you know, load the box up and, and don't let – because if you're going to commit to the run, that means your safeties are playing down in the box, and that means Marco Wilson, Byron Murphy, or Robert Alford, you've got one-on-one -on -one coverage. And if you can get to Carson Wentz, maybe he'll give you an interception or two, but you cannot let them get behind you or for a deep ball. Otherwise, you're giving them a big chunk play, and that's that's demoralizing to any defense when you're selling out for the run. So I'm really curious. I, I know, um, you know, one thing I want to say is just being around the facility over the last couple of days, yes, everyone was disappointed. It was embarrassing what transpired. But over the last 24 hours, I sense this team knows what's at stake, and I've been saying this for a while, and I expect this team to come out and play solid football. Whether they win or lose, again, don't beat yourselves. But, you know, if we look at it, you know, there's only six teams right now that have 10 wins, okay? Packers have 11, Chiefs, Buccaneers, Cowboys, Cardinals, and Rams now. So every time we talk to a player, yes, they've had – they laid an egg twice this year, Carolina and Detroit. They reminded us we're 10-4. and four. We're still control our own destiny. And even with the Rams winning last night, Cardinals still own the tiebreaker based on conference wins. Division or conference? Cardinals have the lead over the Rams based off a better division record. Division. Four and one versus what, three and two? Two and two. Two and two. Okay. So, again, I – I'm sorry, I, you're right. Three and two. I feel good where this team is. Now they got to take what they do from the practice field and bring it to the game. But, you know, I like what Chase Edmund was saying. He's the first guy that said, you know, last year it didn't end the way. I, what was the word? We, folded. We folded. And he's not backing off. And I think Cliff and Kyler, they know they got to get this running game going. He's healthy. Get him going. James Conner obviously he's taken a lot of hits this year, but he's still effective in the short yardage. And some of these receivers are have to step up. They can't be dropping footballs, and Kyler's got to play within the frame of the defense. But anyways, I just want to make sure that 
for our listeners, this team is motivated. Yes, nobody's going 17-0, and they've earned the right to be in this position. Body work. The eye in the sky, as they like to say, does not lie. And you look back and you review what happened Sunday in Detroit, it was awful. It was embarrassing. And now here on Wednesday, finally turning the page, and everyone understands they haven't forgotten, but they know that they need to look forward, and the focus is on Indianapolis. And that's the beauty of the NFL. Look, Tom Brady, I, I don't—I think it was back in 2004, 2005, they didn't score a single point in that game. That's unusual for Tom Brady. You know, you look at Aaron Rodgers, as Drew pointed out in week one, it's the NFL. The good news is you hit the reset button, you forget about last week. You have to forget about it. Don't let that game carry over to, to Saturday night. That can't happen. And the leadership and, and, and the, the, the leadership in that locker room and, and the guys that are some of their five-star players, they have to step up and they got to be challenged here. There's no more messing around when it comes to the rest of the season. The good news here is, Bird Gang, that they understand where their deficiencies are, where their weaknesses are, i.e. run defense. And Rashard Lawrence brought that up earlier in the week, asked about the run defense and mentioned, yeah, it's going to be a topic of conversation, quote, until we stop it. And there have been times in which they have week one. Granted, it was week one, but they did hold Derrick Henry in check. Can they do it again here in week 16? What do you do if you're a defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph? You mentioned loading the box, loading the box, eight defenders or more. Well, the Colts against the Patriots, 18 of Taylor's first 28 carries, eight or more defenders in the box, according to Pro Football Focus, and he still hit 170 rushing yards. Now, Coach Joseph also brought this up, that you might be able to, I won't say stop, but limit Taylor a yard, two yards, three yards. But the beauty of the Colts and what they do offensively is they're going to continue to hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor, regardless of down or distance. So even if you think it's a passing down third and eight, Carson Wentz is going to go up to the line of scrimmage, look at the defense, and he might check out of a pass play. He's been very good at that and rely on his running back to get a first down, which he's done more times than not. So what do you do? And that's the question that we all want to know, and we won't know the answer until Saturday. You know, you can load the box. It sounds good because you outnumber the blockers. Yet if you don't execute, if you can't shed a block and be in your proper lane, then Jonathan Taylor is going to eat you alive. Yeah, and, and that's one thing when you look at Carson Wentz. That's the NFL experience he has where he can recognize defenses. And, and, and if you want to flip the script, when it comes to the Colts' defense, they do the same thing. They see what your personnel groupings are. They see the motion, and they change it up in a heartbeat. And and they're and they're well um, coached at all three different levels. I mean, they're they're a sound football team. They're special teams. Um, obviously, you know when you look at their offense and defense, they are. I mean, I I hear this a lot that at this point in the year. The Colts reminded a lot of people of the San Francisco 49ers. Now, the Niners don't have that bell cow, but the way that Jimmy's playing right now and the way their defense is playing, uh, that's the comparison. So the Cardinals have had that opportunity to play against the Niners. Now we know it's a little bit different the way they're playing. They play the uh, the Titans on Thursday night, so we'll see what happens there. 
uh, on that standpoint. But for the most part, uh, this is a really good team, and they started off slow. Um, they, I want to say they've won seven or the last nine games. Correct. Yeah, so um, and, and they're, they're one game behind the Titans for the division. So depending on what happens on Thursday night, just like the Cardinals and the Rams, this thing is going toe-to-toe. And I don't really know the, the the breakdown when it comes to you know uh, obviously you know who has uh, more wins in each when it comes to that conference, but they're really they're in the same boat. But you know the thing is, you're not going to shut him down. You just hope to contain him. But don't. It's hard to say this because he's going to get his yards because they're going to com- commit with advance at, th- at least 35. They're expecting 35 carries, which would be close to a season best for Jonathan Taylor. But the last four games, 32-16, 32-29. So it's not like he can't handle 35 touches. And and there's some numbers out there when Carson Wentz throws the ball X amount of times, they don't win as much compared to when he rushes the ball as much as he has. Here are the numbers when you look at the Indianapolis Colts, 8-6. and six. They are 8-0 and o when Jonathan Taylor reaches 100 yards or more. Carson Wentz, 30 pass attempts is the magic number. 30 or fewer, the Colts are 6-0, and o, so he's not asked to do a lot. More than 30 pass attempts, Colts are 2-6. Two and six. 230 passing yards. 230 or more, the Colts are 1-5. Less than 230, the Colts are 7-1. and one. So limit the damage, if you will, from Jonathan Taylor. Get off to a good lead. Make Carson Wentz throw the football. He only attempted 12 passes last week against the Patriots because they didn't need for him to throw the football and completed just five of them. So he did not need to work a lot. And when you have a Jonathan Taylor who's willing to put in the work, put in the carries, put in the pounding, the hits – by all means, turn and hand the ball off to number 28. Now, it's not just Jonathan Taylor. You mentioned the offensive line. The wide receivers are getting a lot of credit in Indianapolis for their blocking. They're not being asked for deep shots for 15-plus receptions, but everyone, all 10 players, including Carson Wentz, doing their part to making sure Jonathan Taylor right now leads the league in rushing, rushing touchdowns, rushing first downs, Yards from scrimmage, total touchdowns, runs of 10 or more yards, 20 or more yards, 30 or more yards, 40 or more yards, 50 or more yards. I mean, the list is endless on what Jonathan Taylor has accomplished this season, and that is the spotlight here in Week 16. The Cardinals defense looking across the line of scrimmage and knowing they know the ball is going to be handed off to Jonathan Taylor. They know what the play is going to be. So, you stop it, but it's easier said than done. Those are backbiker numbers. I mean, you you think you got him stopped, and next thing you know, he's going 10, 20, 30, 40. Only thing I can say is, and, and September football is a lot different than the December football, but the way they were able to stop Derrick Henry and run the ball in the fourth quarter, they did it in the, in, in the Rams' first game in week four. They did it in the Niners' game, even though that game was only 17-10. So, and, and again, third down. Are they, are they in third and two all day? Well, that's going to play right into their hand. Because, and Craig, I guess when, when I was talking about the Derrick Henry, we sat there in the press box 
uh, well, we were, we were when they were on the road, but home games were in a press box, and they, it's, it's, it's demoralizing knowing a team's going to run the ball and you can't stop it. And that's going to be the case for the Cardinals if they get, allow him to get to the second level. So if you're defending or working up something to tell those defensive players, what do you do? And we talked before the show began, you always hear with respects to a mobile quarterback, you know, you put a spy on the quarterback. Where he goes, you go. And I brought up to you, can you put a spy on Jonathan Taylor? One guy, one athletic, great hitter, great tackler, Isaiah Simmons, Jalen Thompson, Buda Baker, your sole responsibility, Jonathan Taylor, 28, wherever he is, you are. Wherever he goes, you go. Now, it sounds good in theory, but, I mean, it's not that simple. No, but I, I like the way you're thinking. You're thinking outside the box because – I mean, Belichick's defense, one of the better defenses in football, they couldn't stop him. And, again, you you know, Carson Wentz only completed five passes. I, I, you know, I, when, I, when we talk about the Cardinals' offense and we, we talk about spies and, you know, I think we saw it initially in the first couple of years, we don't see it as much now because if, if, if they're getting pressure, they don't need a spy. But you're taking a guy out of coverage. But here – it's it kind of works hand in hand. You're keeping a guy inside the inside the box where you don't have to worry about. Well, if Kyler spreads him out and we're spying on him and rolling out, now I don't have an extra corner or, or safety. So, I think run blitz is something important. But I mean, you never know. I mean, I like the what you're thinking because we always talk about a spy on offense. We never talk about a spy on a defensive player on a running back and. Maybe it's happening in the four, but I, I like what you're saying. I just, I mean, you mentioned at least three or four guys that can do it, but how does that affect the, what the Cardinals' defense wants to do? Are you susceptible to something else, and all of a sudden on the sidelines, Frank Reich or someone is saying, well, this, this is what they choose to do. Well, then this leaves X, Y, and Z open, so let's just start tacking that. And then you have to adjust, and it's that cat and mouse game and yeah. figuring out what works. And now – the one name I did not mention that I've heard mentioned this week, and I completely understand where fans are going with this because you talk about someone who is athletic and is a thumper and can handle it, and that would be Zayvon Collins. Could we see more snaps from him this week with three linebackers, inside linebackers, or two, or just get Zayvon Collins on the field because of his skill sets? Now, He's a little behind everyone else, and it was interesting to hear Vance Joseph talk about Zayvon Collins that to put him on the field, and these are the exact words, Bird Gang, quote, to put him on the field, someone has to leave, end quote. So who are you taking off, MJ? If 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 we, the fans, think Zayvon Collins should play more, especially this week, that his skill set seems to fit what you'd be asking the defense to do in stopping or limiting a Zayvon Collins, or excuse me, a Jonathan Taylor, then he plays. Who doesn't? Okay. In in this scenario, if you're going to play three inside linebackers and you're going to have your two outside linebackers, I would take Robert Alford off the field. Well, he's. I mean, you'd have to be Antonio Hamilton, because Alford's on IR. Oh, sorry. You'd be like three corners. You just have to go yes. with two. Yeah, two corners. That's what I would do then. To have in three inside linebackers because if they have three corners, Hamilton would be the third behind Wilson and Murphy. So I actually ran into Robert Alford today. I did too. He was on the second floor. I was 
back from practice, and all of a sudden he comes walking down the hall, a big smile on his face. It's I like, asked how he's doing, no brace, nothing, oh yeah. no sleeve on his arm. He was actually looking for a package that was delivered to the facility. And you know that door we go through, if you don't have a pass, you yes. can't get there. He was standing there, so I let him in. But thank you for the clarification. But that you would have to take a corner off the field to allow – an extra inside linebacker. Because you're not going to take someone off the defensive line. You can't afford to take someone off that defensive line. If anything, you're going to be adding a defensive lineman because you're expecting a run play. You know, one of our listeners, and he follows me on Twitter, um, he sent me a message this morning. He goes, why don't the Cardinals run a 4-3 defense? And I said, okay, first of all, they run a 3-4, and so they got three linemen and then two linebackers. So they're really running a five-man front. And I said, it allow instead of having two, three linebackers on the field, you got four because you throw in yep. Simmons, Hicks, Golden, and Jones. But it was interesting, but they are, have all – the personnel is based on 3-4 defense. But it was interesting, like – go to a five-man front, but they do that, but two guys are standing up, Golden and Jones. And I understand, but if that if if you're you – one, you can't make a change this late in the season. No, but, it, you know, each game – Oh, I see what you're saying. Much like we're, we've referenced Bill Belichick a lot, but you surround or you set your game plan up specifically for that week, whether you're – Two down linemen, three, four, five, whatever. You morph into whatever your opponent does best right? to try to stop. Yeah, it's just a week-to-week proposition. And just based on the best running back in football right now, you got to find a way to slow him down. You're not going to shut him down. you got to try to slow him down. Get him in third and long and force Carson Wentz to beat you. Derrick Henry, 58 rushing yards. Dalvin Cook, 131 rushing yards, although no, only 35 in the second half. James Robinson, 88. Daryl Henderson, 89. Kareem Hunt, 66. A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones combined for 157 rushing yards. Christian McCaffrey, 95. So those aren't great numbers. Most recently, David Montgomery, 90 rushing yards, although just 26 in the second half. Sony Michelle had a good game. And, of course, last week, Craig Netflix Reynolds had 112 <laughs> rushing yards, the second best total by the against this Cardinals defense all season long. Just a wonderful story, just not against the Cardinals. So there have been moments. When you mentioned Reynolds versus Taylor, I'm like, <laughs> and Drew's like, you know, there's a lot of good practice squad running backs. I'm like, okay, but he was de- he was buried on the depth chart, so uh, please not mention his name again because I don't the comparison shouldn't even be close when it comes to Reynolds and Taylor. The defense, <laughs> though, I'm trying to get to. They've had their moments, if you will, as far as stopping the run. It just hasn't been as consistent as we've liked, as evidenced by the yards per carry that they allow. 4.6. Now, once upon a time, that number was 4.9. Doesn't sound like much, but it is getting a little bit better. And Coach Joseph acknowledged that, that the past couple of weeks he thought the run defense was improving. But a huge, huge test awaits them on Saturday. Okay, and and we know that they're giving up. You know, you, you, you've been on this all year because Vance talks about first down and whether it's 4.5 or 5.4 when it came to the Panthers game. Some of those games they gave up over a, one or two games gave up over 140 or 50 yards. 
what are they giving up? One twenty. It was one twelve, one thirteen recently. What's one thirteen? If you round up one thirteen a game and, on the ground, and that's not bad. If they're giving up one hundred and sixty-five a game, clearly we wouldn't wouldn't have ten wins. But it, it's just the first and second down. You have to get these teams behind the sticks. And and when you look at the Colts, they don't beat themselves. So in other words, they're not going to have a lot of penalties. So you're not going to you know, Cardinals had a couple personal foul penalties. That doesn't help. You, you get a holding penalty, you get a delay game or a false start playing, you're behind the sticks, and then teams are just teeing off on Kyler. Glad you brought up the penalties. The Colts, you mentioned it. I think it's a great topic. They don't beat themselves. Tied for the second fewest penalties and ranked third and fewest penalty yards. Even better, last week, Mac Jones dropped back 49 times. The Colts were not penalized at all. Zero pass interference penalties, zero defensive holding penalties. 49 dropbacks, and your defense and your secondary held up. The other thing, they protect the football. They have a plus 14 turnover differential. That is tops in the league. So you, I wouldn't say you have to force a takeaway because then all of a sudden you're doing a little bit too much and you get out of what your role is supposed to be. But just reading up on what Indianapolis does, despite what their record says, they're playing some of the best football to date than anyone across the league. Yeah, and, you know, they're jockeying for position, and we talked about their one game behind the Titans. So they're they're in the thick of things. And, you know, usually when I look at wild card teams, you have to play well down the stretch. You probably have to win out for some of these teams, whether it's Philadelphia, San Francisco, um, maybe a team like the Colts if they don't win the division, and you're playing your best football going in there. And wild card weekend, you'll see the teams that have been playing well versus the teams just trying to flip the switch. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, all about the running back position. This notes about the Indianapolis Colts. They might be in the midst of a COVID outbreak. Cornerback Rocky Asin and backup defensive end, Kamoko Ture placed on the reserve COVID-19 list here on Wednesday, so that leaves their availability in doubt for Saturday's contest. So something to keep an eye on when we look and discuss this Week 16 matchup against a very, very good Indianapolis Colts team. Again, 6:15 is the kickoff, and we need to mention, Bergang, if you are not going to be in attendance at State Farm Stadium. The game is on the NFL Network, though if you are local and get Fox 10, you will be able to watch the game. It is an NFL Network exclusive, but the NFL has a rule that when you have these games, much like ESPN on Monday Night Football, that you have to make over the air available in the team's respective markets. So you can watch it if you don't get the NFL Network. Yeah, make sure you tell your friends. And, you know, again, there, there's an option there versus you not have to have cable, obviously, over the over the TV in, in Fox 10. So, again, there's, fine, there's a ways to find it. Don't worry if you don't have the NFL Network. All right, let's move on to the Cardinals running situation and looking at perhaps what the Cardinals can do to help – their defense, and that it one is ball control, score some points, but get this offense back to where it was earlier in the season, September and October. Chase Edmonds and James Conner, quoting Kingsbury earlier in the week, 
when both guys were playing a significant amount is when we were really playing our best football offensively. Hopefully we can get back to that, end quote. Great quote, yet they got away from that in the first half against Detroit. So hopefully a lesson learned that even if you are trailing by two scores, because at no point in the second half, excuse me, in the first half were they trailing by three scores. That last drive of the first half, they took a knee, went into the locker room, it was down 17-0. They were only down two scores that entire first half. And I keep mentioning it, and I'll harp on it, your two running backs combined for three carries. They got away from it, and I hope that even if they do get down two scores, I understand late in the second half, that's a different story. But in the first half, those first 30 minutes, there's no reason whatsoever to panic as an offense. Couldn't agree more. And, and Craig, uh, I, 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 that was one of my keys in that game. Establish the run. Get back to running the football. You got a 1-1-A. One one um, you know, Connor's short yardage, chase from the 20 to the 20. Both can catch the ball in the backfield. And they weren't even targeted in the passing game. So, again, I, I was I was disappointed that they didn't commit to the run. Um, and the way the game started off, RPO or zone read, I thought he should have handed the ball to Connor. I think he got, I got four or five yards, and the way he's been running, maybe it's seven yards. And you get a first first down instead of going three and out. Kyler takes the ball, and he, gets, he, he thinks he can get around the corner, and number 53 tackles him. No gain. Uh, that, I mean, one play – Shouldn't affect the entire game, but go back to the run instead of throwing the ball. You know, or if you want to go with these quick screen passes that they're going to put pressure, burn them in the screen game. It was telling Chase Edmonds addressed the media on Tuesday and was asked about he and James Conner sharing the backfield and for Edmonds getting kind of back in the flow of things because Conner had done so well. And Edmonds mentioned that in the backfield, in the Cardinals' backfield, you have. The number one running back is for as far as yards per carry, and the number one running back as far as rushing touchdowns. Now, or I should say, with 14 touchdowns, because Jonathan Taylor has more rushing touchdowns than James Conner. But Chase Edmonds, and he's got a almost 270 carries. <laughs> Chase Edmonds, 5.9 yards per carry. Now he doesn't qualify. So when you click on leaders in the NFL, he doesn't have enough attempts to qualify to be amongst the leaders. But hey, 5.9 is 5.9 despite 82 attempts versus James Conner, 3.7 with 187 carries. So well, go back to the Rams game. He averaged 10 yards a carry, and you're going to go. He had a 54. He had 10 carries for 120 yards. It wasn't like he had a 97-yard touchdown, and the numbers were inflated. He averaged 10 yards a carry, 120, and the 54-yard run. Get back to running the football. That opens up play action. And it could be your best defense against Jonathan Taylor. How many times have we discussed here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, opposing teams look at Kyler Murray and say, we need to keep him off the football field. Now, the Cardinals, are they a team that says, we can't have Jonathan Taylor on the football field? Let's ball control eat some clock, but if we can score, let's score and score some points, get off to a big lead and force the Colts to be one-dimensional. But focus on the run. No four consecutive pass plays when you're first and goal at the six and every pass play is east-west versus north-south. That can't happen again this week. And if you want to go back to the, um, the Rams game, they're 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 on the goal line. The ball's tipped by Aaron Donald, 
and it's picked off. Give uh, Jones credit, Ernest Jones credit. He jumped the route. They haven't been the same in the red zone since. They haven't. Overall, eighth best in the red zone, but you look at the past two weeks, I believe just two of eight inside the red zone, and it does count that last possession against the Lions when the clock ran out on Colt McCoy and company. They were inside the red zone, so it does count as a red zone trip. You have to make acknowledgement of that. But, yeah, you get down there, you got to get seven points. And they were successful early in their season on fourth down. They've kind of scaled back a little bit. They are, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but overall this season on fourth down, 59%, but it's what's happened. That was happened, at 70% earlier. It's what's happened most recently. Yes. Teams taking away that option and getting the Cardinals off the football field. And if you if you look at the line, I, I'm not talking about the Lions game, but if you go back to the Lions game, here they go on that nine-minute drive, 850, get three, and then an onside kick. That they were saying to you, we're going to keep Kyler Murray on the sidelines. Be interesting to see what happens, what develops early in that contest, because we'll know right away. Yeah, offensively, defensively, not if the Cardinals are ready to play, but how they go about attacking the Colts defensively, and then going about figuring out what to do with Jonathan Taylor. I, I'm, I'm very interested, maybe more than any other matchup going into a week as far as Jonathan Taylor, just because of what he has done this entire season, over 14 games. It was one thing week one we focused on Derrick Henry and Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, but that was with nothing, just based off of past history. This is recent history. This is just last week, six days ago, that we saw Jonathan Taylor run right over the New England Patriots. Like I said, it, 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 it comes down to just guys doing their job. Um, it sounds simple. It's a cliche, uh, but I, I get the impression listening to players all week that some guys are freelancing, um, and that's why, the, going back to the Steve, Steve Wilkes era about gap integrity, gap discipline, we're at this point in the year, if all 11 guys are doing their job, they will not give up a big 65-yard run. I mean, again, I know he's the best running back in football right now. He's powerful. He's got like 4-4 speed when he gets in the open field. Um, it's not like he tries to run people over. You, you, just, you just can't arm tackle him. You've got to gang tackle him because he's a big guy. By the way, um, quick question for you, Mike Jarecki. Do you feel any older this week knowing that someone you covered back in the day now has a child, now a grown man, playing on Saturday against the team that you cover? Michael Pittman. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Well, it's happened a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, – yeah. I I mean, growing up in Buffalo, Antoine Winfield, his son plays for the Bucks now. Yeah, the, the, I'm glad you brought – I was like, what is he talking about? But I'm like, yeah. And I, and I followed his career. I mean, and Michael Pittman obviously was, a, was a, you know, a good running back, and then he got a chance to win a ring with uh, Simeon Rice with the Buccaneers. But, yeah, yeah, that's – Four seasons with the Cardinals and might have the largest arms I've ever seen oh, man. in a locker room. They were so defined. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and it wasn't like he was stiff. No. He, his running style, he, he had a lower torso. So you can see he spent a lot of time in the weight room, bicep and triceps. Um, but, yeah, yeah, he was – He was. it's interesting. And, 
it's my 26th year covering the NFL, <laughs> so it makes kind of sense. I'm 51 years old, and here this guy's got a son that's playing in the National Football League, and he's a really good player. I think he needs 111 yards to get to 1,000. He's their leading receiver, very good on third down, and as we chronicled, one of those receivers that is blocking very, very well for Jonathan He's Taylor. got good size, and, and, and I think it's really the genes of a family, and he's got another brilliant brother playing college football, so we'll see another one getting in the NFL. More looking back on Cardinal teams <laughs> from the feel past. old here, Grillo. <laughs> Episode 11 of Cardinals Folktales, Snow Day to Tampa Bay, available December 22nd. Looking back at the 2008 Cardinals team, specifically that game in New England, snow, blizzard, how that game, how that thrashing at the hands of the Patriots might have helped the team reach the Super Bowl, quote, worst team in playoff history. According to Chris Collinsworth, it's a great look back with people that were at that game, played in that game, and you remember just how bad things looked after that game against the Patriots, much like how they looked this week after the game against the Lions. Though that 2008 team, I'll even go back to how they played in Philadelphia when they had not clinched a playoff spot but came back home beat up the Rams, clinched the playoff spot. It was later in the season, that New England game, in which they were thrashed by 40. Well, I can just tell you this. Uh, the Cardinals didn't have the right cleats. <laughs> and it, I think it was Wes Walker who's doing, like, snow angels. Uh, there was people throwing snowballs. It, it, it got out of hand. But there's a silicone that you spray on the bottom of your cleats, and the snow doesn't stick to it. We're a West Coast team, and we didn't figure that out until after the game. I think there was more to it than that. You listen to a Bertram Berry, and again, a little tease to this newest okay. episode of Cardinals okay. Folktales that, you know, once the plane touched down the uh, day before look, and well, seeing some white stuff fall from okay. the sky I, and the I will, heaters on the sidelines, knowing the coaches couldn't find anyone. Oh, they're all laid up in front of the heaters. Nine guys, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I've When I was doing sidelines, I would travel with the team. And when you – I don't know if it was the NFC East. Um, maybe my station was sending me on the road. But you'd wake up uh, that next morning if you were in Philadelphia or Washington, and the first thing you'd do is open up <laughs> your, the curtains in the hotel room. And you're like – and I was doing sidelines. And I'm like – and I, I always was prepared. But I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a cold day cold day and that's the first thing i'd because you can watch the weather forecast but once you wake up and you open those curtains i wasn't in a hurry to go down and get the bus like neither, I, neither were any of those players <laughs> that day against the patriots <laughs> it's just and then, they, and then they come back and practice in the rain all week to play the seahawks full pads full pads hey, at coach, that point in the year and coach ken wasn't not to be uh not to be messed with. Again, Cardinals Folk Tales, Snow Day to Tampa Bay. Go to YouTube.com slash AZ Cardinals, YouTube.com slash AZ Cardinals. Don't forget, original audio podcasts available. Search Cardinals Folk Tales at your favorite podcast provider. And on that note, we will wrap up this edition, put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.